0: Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato, with my colleague, Mary Gamba. Mary, how are we doing today?
1: Uh, what is the best day ever, Steve? How are you?
0: I'm great. We kick off Lessons in Leadership with our longtime friend, Bernie Corrigan, who is the president and training director at the IBEW Local 102, our longtime partners. Good to see you, Bernie. Thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it. You got it. Your Chiron will come up about the IBEW. Tell everyone what it stands for and what the organization is all about. It's
2: the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 102, predominantly northern New Jersey. Uh, We have about 3,000 members and about 250 electrical contractors. We are basically, we like to say, uh, an HR outsourcing company. We manage our own pension, annuity, welfare fund. We cover 8,000 belly buttons in our welfare plan. We also operate a training center that operates on a $2.9 million budget a year. We have about 470 apprentices in it right now, and we do continuing education for roughly 800 electricians a year.
0: Yeah, good stuff. And we have a long time history uh, with the IBW. They're one of our long time partners and, and sponsors of our public broadcasting programming. And I was able, I was honored to do a series of seminars on leadership and the Leadership Academy there um, at the IBW Local 102. But let me ask you this, Bernie, what is the difference from your perspective? Because you, You not only know your people and their technical expertise as electricians, but I keep asking myself this, and I was asking myself this when I was doing the coaching with your team. What's the difference in your mind between being a great electrician and a great electrician who is a leader? Is there a difference?
2: I think there's always a difference, and it always goes back to what we've discussed, Steve. Uh, Lifelong learning. You know, it's not just about being an electrician. We also have a customer, the end user to serve. And uh, I like to have our uh, members be better trained and educated to know the business side of the organizations we're serving, the communities we're serving. They, they, when they better understand the businesses we're serving, they become better electricians.
0: That's interesting because one of the areas we worked on extensively, Bernie, and it obviously is something that you have made a priority is public communication. Someone says, well, what's why is it important for an electrician to be an effective communicator? The response to that is, Bernie? It's no different
2: than any other leadership role. I mean, for some reason, I think uh, construction gets looked at a little bit differently. But if someone's running a $7 million job for one of our contractors and he has to get in front of 70 electricians and has to navigate the job and uh, team up the right individuals to get the job done effectively, every person needs to be engaged differently whether it's a classroom or on the job you have to get the best out of them and it's your job as a leader to do that so we try to cultivate that here
0: and a big theme in in our work in our coaching is uh, not just that a local 102, the IBW, is about coaching and mentoring other people on your team to be better. Mary, jump back in.
1: <laughs> I swear you and I share a brain, Steve. I was just going to start talking about the five-year apprenticeship program and the partnership with Rowan and the, the need to raise people up within the organization. Steve and I talk about it all the time. We've worked together now almost going on 24 years. And I started when I was 15, just if anybody's doing the math, that's why I still look as good as I do. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mary, do you have a question about the five-year apprenticeship?
1: <laughs> I do. The importance of raising people up and building the next generation of leaders. How can we do that? We hear all this stuff about this this younger group and they don't care, but I, I see it differently. Talk a little bit about the importance of that in the apprentice, apprenticeship program.
2: Yeah, I see it a little bit differently, too. I I think, again, it's our job as educators to just find a way to engage them properly. And sometimes it's about providing the alternate pathway, like maybe some don't take the traditional college path to get here, but they take the apprenticeship path. But now I want to build on that. I want to make that be their foundation, their springboard. So we try to take down the hurdles to a college degree because Look, it's great to applaud apprenticeships. I think they're phenomenal. But I also don't want to discount the quality education that comes out of a four-year degree. There's still those critical thinking skills, the problem solving, the cultural things that you learn while you're there. I think all these things make you a better leader when you go out into the workforce, no matter what business you're in. So our partnership with Rowan is, uh, it gives us 53 credits from Local 102. And then Rowan, they take online classes in construction management and they get a BA in construction management and we pay for seventy five percent of that.
0: Wow, and by the way, to be clear, Rowan, one of our longtime higher ed partners, Ali Hushman, Dr. Ali Hushman, the president, check out our sister programs uh, at steveautobato.org, the website, Sylvester will put the website up for steveautobato.org, our past interview. We just did, Mary, did 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 Dr. Hushman just celebrate 10 years yeah. uh, as president? Mm-hmm. I think it was 10 years as president. One of the longest serving higher ed presidents in the state and the nation. Talk about leadership. Uh, He gets it. Real quick on this, Bernie. One of the themes and lessons in leadership is the status quo is never really the best option, right? You can't stay the same, whether it's in sports or, and and Bernie's a big sports fan as well. Why can't we just, why can't you say, look, you're great as an electrician. We're great as a union. uh, We're gonna stay the way we are. Status quo is fine. What's the problem with that strategy, Bernie? problem with that
2: strategy somebody might pass you up, too. You know, there, there always has to be uh, a new goal. You know, it's what you should always be striving for in life in general, I believe. There should be a new goal out there on how you can improve, not to mention that the industry changes. It evolves just like the landscape outside. So you can't just sit back and rest on the fact, you know, the technologies that I was using 35 years ago when I got in are not the same
0: technologies that are here today. Jump back in, Mary.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would like to talk just a little bit more about you are training director, and as a training director, I'm sure as you're teaching, whether it's younger individuals, older individuals, do you believe that you can teach caring? Steve and I talk about that all the time in leadership. Can you teach caring? And that's something that Steve and I have talked about all the time. We just did a segment with a new executive director that we brought on, and one of the things that we really were attracted to about him was that he can he genuinely cared. Do you believe that you can teach? To these leaders at IBEW?
2: I think anything can be taught or learned. Again, it's just a matter of finding that tool that connects you to that individual, and that falls on the leadership first. You know, I have to show that I care for the entire organization, that I care for each individual and how well they succeed in our program. And I think when you do that, it, it you know, just naturally grows within the entire rank and file.
0: Quick follow-up on that. Last question. So one of the things we did at the IBW Local 102 Leadership Academy is that we had people present and and speak in public. And I talked about communication before. And very often people would say to me, and Bernie, fortunately Bernie's Bernie's right there in the seminar, so he is a great resource, as a co-facilitator. So Bernie, people would often say, I'm not that comfortable speaking in public. And uh, Bernie, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that
2: yeah absolutely uh the, the slogan we talked about in those classes i right? get comfortable being uncomfortable you know and uh that is so very true and i think that is characteristic of a lot of our members because again a lot of them don't come here from the college surroundings where they got used to that they came maybe right from high school so that's why we try to bring that type of training in here again we're a business just like any other business uh, they're going to have to sit in boardrooms, you know. If they want to get to the level of foreman or project manager, they're going to need these these uh, soft skill tools to help them succeed.
0: Yeah, Bernie Corrigan is the president and training director at the IBW. Yeah, excuse me, I'm talking about communication. Been doing this thirty <laughs> years. IBEW Local 102, a great organization, a longtime partner of ours. Bernie, thank you, my friend. Wish you all the best. All right, have a great holiday. Take care. You got it. That we're doing this right. Before Christmas, after Thanksgiving. You can cut you it out want. if you want, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: listen. No, I think it's yeah. always a good time <laughs> to wish people well. So that that's staying in.
0: That's what Bernie meant lessons in leadership. See you after this. <laughs> this edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center. The New Jersey Sharing Network, The Helix, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, Veolia, Resourcing the World, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine, NJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network.
3: Life is unpredictable. Health insurance shouldn't be. For over 90 years. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey has provided quality, affordable health
1: plans to New Jersey residents. We have served generations of New Jersey families
0: and businesses and are committed to driving innovations that put you at the heart of everything we do. Our members are our neighbors, our friends, and our families. We're here when you need us most. Horizon. Proud to be New Jersey. Lessons in Leadership would like to thank our newest sponsors who make our programming possible, including The Helix, Horizon Blue Cross, Blue Shield of New Jersey, and the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Lessons in Leadership is pleased to welcome Helen Arcantu, who is the CEO of the YWCA of Northern New Jersey. Helen, good to see you.
3: Good to see you. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Helen, we'll put up the website for the YWCA of Northern New Jersey. How did we get you on? Did you did you pitch yourself? Did someone pitch you? I heard all good things about you.
3: Um, well, you just had my good friend Deb Belfato on recently. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, and I, I think our office, or maybe Tara Dowdell, who does our press, might have. I'm not sure
1: how it came in. Yeah, it was the- somebody from your office, but I have to admit, I did not know the Deb connection. So that makes it even that much more special that you're joining us today.
3: Yes, yes. I've been working with her for some time on Let's Talk, and we have matcha regularly, at least once or twice a month. <laughs> nice. what? Hold on, what? Matcha. You know, she's all about her green drink. Steve <laughs> has
1: that- no idea. All right, let's start off this episode of Lessons in Leadership. We air on Sundays at 10 a.m. Helen, tell us about matcha before we go into the YWCA, because obviously, Steve and maybe our viewers don't know what it is.
3: Well, matcha is a type of green tea. It's actually tea leaves that are very refined, almost into a powder form. And it's a very high um, content of antioxidants, like super good for you. You actually could like make a a mask and wear it on your face, but very, very potent and healthy um, and just kills a lot of free radicals in your body. Keeps you young. I've been drinking it since I was 17. You actually whisk it in a bowl, Um, but a lot of people drink it in a latte form now. It's very vogue to do it these days. Steve, wow. you need to do that the next do they Do they serve that at Starbucks though, Helen?
1: Because that is where Steve gets his drinks.
3: <laughs> no, they I do, listen, but I... I would not recommend the matcha Starbucks. Um, I okay, know you're- No, a... listen. no
1: we're not gonna start, we're not naming- companies. All right, I, wanna, oh, I wanna jump
3: back in. We digress. Okay. But uh, what Helen, I was gonna say is, you. I know you're, I've seen you in Raymond's. So Raymond's has a good matcha latte. Have one there.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. I just said, let's not plug any more names.
3: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to plug the- <laughs> just, right, on, We love this. Raymond's.
0: Tell everyone what the organization is all about.
3: YWCA of Northern New Jersey focuses on eliminating racism and empowering women. We're over a century old, uh, serve five counties in New Jersey, Bergen, Essex, Morris, Passaic, and Hudson. And
0: let's talk about women in leadership positions. Do you think there's anything significantly different? And if so, what is it about helping women become the strongest leaders they can be versus any
3: guy? Well, I think when it comes to women in leadership it really just has to do with access and equity and we just don't have the same opportunities there. And that's really what the YWC of Northern New Jersey is all about is providing those opportunities. I've been with the organization 13 years and Our focus really has been and continues to be creating equity for all. We do that by providing access to training, to mentorship, to concrete resources and funding and opportunities for healing. I mean, this is what women need based on our experience, based on the inequities that we are faced with daily to be able to be pushed into these leadership spaces. Uh, Mary, jump in. Yeah, definitely.
1: And talking about women in leadership, particularly younger women looking to get in the workforce, what advice, recommendations? You talked about training. If there was one training tip, tool, book for these young women who are really looking to get out there and be competitive in the workforce, uh, what type of leadership and communication skills tools do you think that they uh, should acquire?
3: Well, I think mentorship and sponsorship are really key in terms of pushing into a leadership space and just pushing into a new arena to be able to get more skills. All the other pieces, the training, funding opportunities come once you have that gateway. So it really is imperative. And the reality of it is all women don't have access to that gateway. And that's why organizations and programs like ours are so important, because we do create opportunities for that for all, not only for women, but more specifically, women of color. Um, We know that access for um, our underrepresented communities is even more challenging.
0: Let me ask you this, I'm curious about something because there are a whole range of organizations that we've worked with that seek to empower women and particularly women of color. And this is what I'm curious about. Um, Do you believe, and we're heavily into leadership coaching, communication coaching, do you believe that it is particularly important to have a woman leading, facilitating, coaching, being the trainer, the expert, if you will, in the field, or does it not matter?
3: I think representation matters. We see that over and over and over again. So it is, especially right now, I would say, because we have a history of not having women and not having women of color in these spaces, it is essential for that to be a priority right now. Look, the reality of it is we all need to link arms together. So it it it's it can't be done in a solo or in a vacuum for any one group. But right now, we definitely need to have women and most importantly, women of color at the forefront and at the lead and at the head of every table.
0: One one quick one. I know we were joking about the the green drink earlier on. What's it called again?
3: Matcha. <laughs>
0: OK, I remember that. But it, it, it triggers this for me, Helen. The connection in your mind between being a strong woman, woman leader, a strong leader who happens to be a woman and wellness is what?
3: Well, I think the challenge for women as a whole is that wellness is not something that we have put at the top of our list for ourselves. So we have been pushing ourselves to get into leadership spaces, but there's been a cost for that because we have not felt that we could embrace wellness simultaneous to that. And I think that that is a shift that has changed and is changing. You know, we talk about that there were some of the try to look at some of the bright spots of the time of COVID. It really did force us to look at Mental health. They really look, had us focus on mental health differently, that it really is wellness. It's not just, mm-hmm. you know, as if it were something prescriptive or a medical condition. The reality of it is mental wellness is really the word. It's that kind of combination right. of the two. So it's important for women to be at the lead, but it's also important for women to be supported and to have opportunities for access to mental wellness on that journey as well. Mary, one more.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would love to talk a little bit. The pandemic, obviously, it's shown a light on the challenges that, especially in my opinion, women, being a woman leader myself, were having because we're working from home, but we also had the children at home. So obviously now our kids are back in school, but what opportunities now have come from those challenges of these women? Have we learned anything in terms of how women can rise up in these challenging times?
3: Well, I think that we've provided more opportunities for flexibility um, and we're continuing to push those opportunities and advocate for them for ourselves. And we're not as fearful when we're on job interviews to ask about those opportunities and to put them down as an expectation and a requirement for employment and Hopefully they're more employers. I know at the YWCA of Northern New Jersey, we came back as a permanently hybrid workforce with a flexible work schedule and a, and a hybrid work week, which is not right. common in the nonprofit sector even now. But the reality of it is it's better for your employees. It's better for their mental health. It's better for their work productivity. It's better for our organizations. And it models for others to see that it can be done.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how Helen lays this out, the hybrid situation. And I've said this before, We are fully remote. Yes, we do get together in certain situations when our production operation is out in the field, but we are 90% plus remote. And Mm -hmm. so connecting with each other um, and making sure people don't feel as isolated as they obviously are in many cases when you're fully remote is critically important for men, women, for anyone out there in the workplace. So, Helen, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Best to you and the team at the YWCA at Northern New Jersey. Thanks so much,
3: Helen. Thank you for having me.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Autoboto, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIA NJ and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Autoboto, with uh, Mary Gamba. Mary, let's do this. Can we plug our promotional partners first? I've yeah. got.
1: Oh, I Mary. love your props. New yes. Jersey Business? Mm-hmm.
0: And NJBIA, New Jersey Business and Industry Association?
1: Correct. Commerce? Commerce magazine and then CIANJ, yeah.
0: CIANJ, I apologize to Tony and the team over there. And Meadowlands Magazine, Meadowlands mm-hmm. Chamber, Chamber, Jim Kirkus?
1: Yes, Jim Kirkus.
0: Did we not have our first official book signing of Lessons in Leadership 2.0, the tough stuff. It was at the Meadowlands Chamber. It was Mary. And
1: people- I want to give a shout out to Jim. The irony, this, this is the glory of this all, because this is going to be a great segue in what we're about to talk about. So because, because of the process, everything's a process, although everything is figure outable which is my new word for going into 2024. Yes, everything is figure outable. And because of the process of the new book, Jim Kirkus got to see the book, the finished book, before you and I did. And I think it's spectacular. And I want to give a shout out to Jim. I said, Jim, can you mail us each a (laughs) copy? And he did. And uh, luckily, it turned out great. But uh, there definitely were some hiccups in the uh, overall process of the book.
0: Here's the irony of this. And we appreciate our publishers who we worked with for the first time. But one of the things that that in Lessons in Leadership, uh, the series, also Mary and I, uh, as team leaders, I believe we've we created a culture where, and I know I've said this before, but documenting things detailed, specific, concrete. I'm trying to show my new tie, right? Got a new look. You may not have picked it up, but that's right. Um, did you document it? Who is going to do what by when? Is it in writing? Is it confirmed? Why? Why am I obsessed about that? Let's just say this, that we have a paperback version of the book and we have a hard copy. As we tape the program, the hard copy has been tough to get our hands on, right? Translation. Other organizations don't live by the, did you document it? What specifically is going to be delivered by when? It's sort of yeah. Usually it works out that way. And Mary and I were thinking, my God, where's the book? We need the book. We wrote the book three months ago. It should be done. We should have it in our hands. And I don't know whether it's about my impatience and yours or Mary, that not everyone lives based on deadlines mm-hmm. and they evolve and change based on certain things. But you need to communicate that. Jump in, Mary.
1: Yeah, you do. And I have to give a shout out to you. I mean, there's been so many great things that I've learned from you over the years, but I have to say the one biggest lesson that I learned from you is follow up, follow through and document who is going to do what by when. And I have since taught that to my sons. And literally as recently as this morning, my son, Will, texted me to say, like, thank you. Like what you said, told me what you taught me to do actually worked and helped get something over the finish line. And, you know, tying it back to the book. Yeah. Like, we had a very specific line of communication. Again, the publisher and our editor—they were fantastic. Right up until the execution and the delivery, there was some confusion about what what two weeks of you know to get the book printed and three days of delivery means. So, if we were to place an order, as I did six weeks ago, I incorrectly assumed that once I place it, it will be two weeks for the printing and then two to three business <laughs> days for delivery. All made sense. Wait, did you say you assumed? No, I didn't even assume. No, you well, said I assumed. So, it was said, in writing. It was in writing. The exact ahead. time frame. It was in writing. What I didn't realize, because it wasn't put in writing until I pushed back to say, hey, where, where's the book? And, yeah, where's the book? And it came back, well, I didn't realize you had a deadline of when you had to receive it. And to which I said to the to the publisher, I just said, well, did I have to put in a deadline if you told me that once I place an order, it's 10 business days for printing, and two to three business days for shipping, seemed pretty clear to me. So now we're gonna uh-huh. play along and play the game. And every time I place an order moving forward, I will include those specifics, but I really didn't think that I needed to, to be completed. Okay,
0: but but here's the thing, and this is, this is someone might say, what the heck is, what, what are Mary and Steve talking about right now? This is
1: everything, whether you're talking a doctor's visit, whether you're talking a, a meeting with your family, like whatever it is, you need to have very specific language of what has been agreed to, because if not, there's too many shades of gray.
0: So, in that spirit, I want to say this. This conversation is really about the connection between leadership and logistics, getting stuff done. Mary, Mary, I got a new prop. Scarlin, I, I know, know you can't on our camera. <laughs> Wait, is, I want
1: to can, say it in real time. Scarlin, this, Scarlyn, this is what's going to happen. Scarlin's going to get a photo. Scarlin, I know, is right there. Okay. Give a shout out to Scarlin. Not right now. Scarlin, so get, get a photo of photo. all these props Hold because, because then we can put them in and post.
0: Okay. So, here's what it is. The, uh this woman happens this is an old I think a Dilbert cartoon I'm stealing it and we'll get sued for it but so the woman who running running the office says to uh to the guy who works for her on the team I want that report ASAP and the guy says sure boss, no problem except in her head the leader boss says finally I'll have that long-awaited report on my desk in the morning. The guy who's got a million other things <laughs> on his plate by the way says, As soon as I get to that old high priority project that Mary often says, Steve, you have too many priorities, out of the way, I should, not will, I should be able to get to it in a day or so. Mary, what is the moral of this cartoon, which it has everything to do with leadership, logistics, being specific in your communication, who's going to do what by when, and are we just anal and crazy about this?
1: I think we're anal and crazy about it, but I also embrace that craziness and attention to detail because literally, when we say something, what's horrible is if somebody's just not listening. But what's also more dangerous is if they're listening, they believe you said something, but you meant something completely different, right? So, in the case of the book, was it so egregious? Is the sky going to fall? No. Do we now have a method moving forward? But in real life, like there are like crazy things that could happen, miscommunication. You know, we do a leadership academy with physician leaders, you know, that is life and death. So we need to be more specific. And not only do we need to be specific in what we're saying, we need to then almost uh, all the time, say to that person, can you repeat back? It's like when you go to a restaurant, there is nothing that brings me greater joy. Well, there's things that bring me greater joy. But the thing that brings me joy is when they repeat back the order. Why? Because then I know they heard Mary, exactly not, what
0: I not, not Mary and Mary busts my chops about the fact that I don't want bacon and certain things. So if I say I don't want bacon and such and such yep. and they say we've got it. Mary's saying this is how crazy this is, because when we if you look at that cartoon, it says ASAP. Sure, you got it. ASAP is not a time. It's not clear at all. So what is Mary talking about when it comes to an order? I know this. What does that have to do with leadership? If, everything. You, if you say this is what I want and, and the waiter or waitress says, got it. Mary's saying, do you, and is yeah. your interpretation of what I want exactly the same as, as what well, I do? Well, and I have to
1: tell you, it, it is now life or death. I had a Karen moment, and I apologize for anybody named Karen out there, but everyone understands that that's just a Trust challenging... me, no one's named
0: Karen anymore.
1: <laughs> there will be no babies named that. Karen. I know we have one minute, but I can get in and out of this. I Go have ahead. celiac disease. I'm sharing with the world, so if anyone's out there, I empathize. But when I go to a restaurant and I say it needs to be gluten free, if it's a if they have to alter the recipe, I will say it ten times because I've gotten glutened, and I will put that in in quotes where I actually get sick, very very sick now. Um, it, in the beginning, it never happened. Now it does. So that is when it is so important. No, is it life and death? No. But I will get extremely ill. So, in the same with peanut allergies. So, that is why it's even more important. It, you know, the bacon, sure, I mean, it's a catastrophe. And onions, I know Steve does not like onions in his salad.
0: Well, in some I got it. If someone says, yes, I've got it, you say, at this point after I've obsessed after 23 years with you, do they
1: really have it? Exactly. When they put that plate down, just confirming this is gluten-free, yes. And, and that's all you can do. So yeah. And, and I have I still had issues? Yes, because there could be a miscommunication on the back end with the kitchen. But at least I did my best to make sure that it was communicated. So I'm off my celiac disease uh, soapbox.
0: So here, here's the thing. Could you imagine working on a team that Mary and I are leading?
1: Yeah. everybody's There's, running for the hills but Elvin says one. we have to go so
0: <laughs> I know and we Elvin work for Elvin is that Elvin is that goodbye now at this moment or ASAP now I,
1: okay now. lessons
0: in leadership Steve now I got it Steve Adubato Mary Gamba we are really obsessive see you next time <laughs> this edition of lessons in leadership is made possible by the Bicino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University Prager Metis. Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. The North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, the Helix, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, Fedway Associates Inc., Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, Veolia, Resourcing the World, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network.